Welcome back to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. 1A is designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. Reverend Squires is the pastor of counseling here at First Presbyterian Church, and I'm Josh Fleming, the pastoral intern for discipleship. Today, we're discussing the doctrine of God, particularly the confession statement that there is but one only living and true God. If you have any questions or comments about our show, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find our contact info on our website at firstpresscolumbia.org or download the First Presbyterian Church app. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and to those around you. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to 1A. I am joined, as always, by the two Joshes and Mark. Josh Fleming, our pastoral intern to discipleship now, That's no longer right. college. That's Congratulations. right. Switching things up, keeping everybody on their toes. Right. Throwing a curve in here. So, good. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. And Josh, speaking of discipleship, Minister of Discipleship for First President <laughs> Hattiesburg. How are you? Good to be here. I'm well. Thanks for asking, Josh. All right. And then, of course, pastoral intern to biblical counseling, Mark Capper. Hey, hey. Happy to be on with you guys again. The only non-Josh amongst us. That's right. So, mm. I'm okay. the outsider here. You are, you are the outsider. The black sheep of this night. <laughs> no. Okay. So we have made it through the first chapter. We have. Of the West. It was great. Confession. I really enjoyed our conversations. Mm. Yeah. So now we're moving on to chapter two. Turn it over to you, Fleming, again. Yeah. Talk chapter us two. Through. You know, it's it's nothing to it, right? It's just <laughs> nothing not, to it's it. It's just the theology of God <laughs> himself. <laughs> well, first of all, it's great to get us back together. I've enjoyed what we've done so far. And now we're moving into chapter two of the Westminster Confession. It's titled Of God and of the Holy Trinity. I think what we're going to find, I'm really excited to talk with you guys about this, because I think what we're going to find is some deep theological truths, but also some incredibly practical doctrine, things that really speak into our lives. Mm-hmm. There's a theologian I really like, Herman Bavink. He's got a quote from uh, one of his big systematic theology books. It's called. The, it says, the imperative task of the dogmatician is to think God's thoughts after him mm-hmm. and to trace their unity. I love that. It really highlights how... What we really should be doing, what our task is, is to try to understand God, to, to know what he is, what he is like as he's revealed himself in his scripture. Of course, mm-hmm. we talked about scripture before. And that's, you know, he's talking about dogmaticians, he's talking about theologians, but now we're moving into what are the, I mean, just really practical counseling applications of this doctrine of God. And, and so I want to just take a quote. I mean, there's, we, Mark and I were talking about this earlier. There is, we could probably spend an entire episode mm-hmm. on every phrase of this this chapter mm-hmm. uh, of chapter two of the confession we don't have time for that unfortunately but i want to start with this phrase right at the beginning of chapter two there is but one only living and true god mm. something that i think i mean you know most of our listeners are probably going to agree that's that's uh it's not controversial I'd like to think about how is this one statement this truth how might it affect us Certainly, as we practice counseling, every time we step into the counseling room, how does this thought affect our approach? Mm. It's a great question. Actually, so this particular section, which is theology proper, mm. it, it is the chapter's best articulation of God based on God, mm. not as, as he necessarily relates to us, but who he is in and of himself. Mm. And so one of the first things that I think this chapter does is it calls us to a sort of humility. Mm-hmm. There, there is one only living and true God. 
And you and I are not God. You and I will never truly understand what it is to be the one true and living God. Mm. And so we often ask questions, and especially in a counseling setting where we're trying to get down to the minutia of why would God allow this particular thing to happen? Can I begin to trace out all the ways, all the spider webs of providence that would lead to this particular tragedy mm, yeah. or hurt or event or systematic, Ooh. whatever it is? How, how can God allow that to happen? And, and you're trying to see if you can't figure it out. And God never asks us to check our mind at the door. Um, right. And in fact, Scripture is full of really hard questions. Yeah. We may not always like the answers. Sometimes the answers are Jacob I've loved and Esau I've hated. Mm. That's a, that's mm. a hard answer to hear, but it is an answer. So so it's never check your mind at the door, but it is you are limited. You are finite. You can't possibly just by the category of the fact that we are finite and he is infinite we will never be able mm. to truly understand him mm. even when we get mm. to glory mm. sometimes people That's, yeah make that mistake like there are these questions i want to ask god when i get there that he's going to have to explain to me that this tragedy happened or that thing happened and all of that and the truth is a we probably won't care yeah, <laughs> it won't seem as big a deal yeah. at that point. No, because we will be with our Lord and Savior, and mm. and that's what we will really mm. ultimately care about. But B, even even if we did care, I mean, maybe some answers will be proffered, and you'll be able to get some illumination that you couldn't get this side of glory. But it will never be true in the sense that it will never be complete in its totality. Mm. It will always be missing something because you can't possibly totally conceive of the God mind. Yeah. Mm. It's like taking mm. a two court pitcher to the Atlantic and dipping it in. <laughs> right. And saying, now I have the Atlantic ocean. Mm. Well, mm. well, you may have some representative of it, but you don't have the whole thing in its totality. Oh, yeah. And, and by its limited nature, you could never <laughs> right. have the whole ocean in a <laughs> right. two court container. Right. Right. And the same mm. thing is true of us. When we try and understand God, he is one and he is true and he is God. Mm. And so we need to make sure that we don't bow down and worship at the idol of our own curiosity. Mm. I've seen mm. a number of people who, because they couldn't figure all things out, they didn't quite understand. Again, not that scripture doesn't give answers, but that it doesn't answer in exactly the way they wanted it answered to the depth that they wanted it answered on a particular thing, they walk away. Yeah. Mm. Now you and I know that's that's a Holy Spirit issue. Right, right. right? Mm. Um, but we just got to be careful as we approach theology proper that this is about God, it's not about us. Mm. Right, and that we take the right stance, even in the counseling room. Now that sounds very harsh from a counselor, Can it, It's never like you walk in with someone in tragedy and be like, hey, this isn't about you. Mm. Right, like you, would, mm. you would never do. That. I'm going to look for a different counselor now. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, would, that would be the last time they would ever come to see you. Mm. Yeah. But we're settled as counselors, as those walking into that particular tragedy of God's sovereignty and His goodness and His omniscience and His omnipotence and who He is, and we're settled on our finiteness that we may never truly understand the side of glory, why these things were allowed to happen, and yet he is still good, mm. and he still loves his people.
And that gives us the sort of resiliency and strength to walk into tragedy and not have their tragedy kind of undo us, Mm -hmm. but for us to be a pillar of strength for them, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I think there's probably a way you can communicate that with gentleness at the appropriate time, right? You know, you don't, obviously that's not your your lead. You don't go in there and just boom, this isn't about you. This is about, Mm. but man, I think, yeah, at some point, that would be something that would be very helpful for them to hear. Even in tough times, what this is really, really all about. Mm, That's good. I think that also could be comforting to someone who just, you know, in a way feels like they are carrying the weight of the world Mm -hmm. on their shoulders to just remind them and really point them sort of to, like Psalm 121, where the God of Israel never slumbers mm, or sleeps, yeah. that you're going to go to bed tonight and this situation will be completely out of your control because yeah. you are no longer conscious to it. And yet God, who is almighty and who cares for you and comforts you in your hardship, he will still be upholding you and um, and working all things in the midst of, of the situation for your good and for his glory. So... Uh, I think that's one way, especially, it can be uh, comforting. And I was yeah, thinking, I mean, I would agree too. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was thinking about this earlier, like, and it kind of goes in line with what Mark has just said, but how often do I really, I mean, uh, that statement again, there is but on, one only living and true God. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. I was walking um, between buildings, and I was on the um, sidewalk. The sun was out. It was a beautiful day, and I was thinking, it's just about that. I was thinking it was a beautiful day. I was thinking, mm. how often do I let you know, I go for long periods of my day and let it escape my mind that there is a God Mm -hmm. who reigns and who is good. And it's to our detriment that we lose sight of that. And Mm -hmm. so I think what the the divines have done here is, I mean, obviously they've given us a a helpful reminder and it's something that we can remind ourselves of daily, but also remind those who come to us needing, needing care. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sorry, Adair, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, this is what is, I think, classically called the creator-creature distinction that it reinforces in our world. Like, mm. uh, not only is it is it that there's a God and He's living and true, but the very conception of that idea that He is both living and true, mm. it, it preserves for us the idea that you need Him. Like, you really, really need Him for your life. And I think about every single person that walks into the counseling room I think in this in this group of guys, like we're guys who would be uh, in the camp of some sort of biblical counseling, and we would think, what does Scripture have to say? And we would try to apply this truth of Scripture to the lives of our counselees. That's what we talked about last time. The fact is, is that if God is both living and true, it means that He's present and real in that moment with these people who walk in. Mm-hmm. And because He's true, like His character, His ways actually put a frame around all of our human functioning that nothing else in this world can. Like, it, mm. it tells us what we should do. It tells us what, what our lives should be like because we're meant to be His creatures. He exists separately from His creation, but His creation is totally contingent upon Him. He's, he's, he's the one who we need. And every single person that comes into the counseling suite is, is looking for answers to that question of, is God really present in the midst of this moment? Mm. Like, uh, in my functioning, in my relationships, in my life, in the troubles that I'm experiencing, is God really present? Yes, He's living and true. Like yeah. He's He's just beyond what you can perceive, because you know that transitions us to the idea of His His attributes. There's a world that exists outside of your perception, 
that is invisible because this God is invisible and he's the one who is actually working for you. If you're a Christian, even in the midst of this moment to change you and use this hardship or difficulty for your good and glory. That's right. And and I think that this gets at that sort of almost deistic impulse that we can have where God is a force out there or he's a creator mm. that created and walked away. Mm. And when we say that he's living just like you said so well, Adair, like he's he's not unmoved, he's not mm. uncaring, and he doesn't lack presence. Mm. He's there. And just to remember that he's there and he's living and he's active in all of our lives. And incredibly helpful, especially in those moments where we feel so isolated and alone. Mm. And then and then the other thing that I would say, so can we start on God? We've kind of focused on living and then the one portion of it there's only one there i think apologetically Mm -hmm. they're making a statement against any other that would make a claim to godhood Uh, that's the function but i think from a counseling perspective like like we could intellectually agree and i think that most who would listen to a podcast like this would intellectually agree yes there's only one living and active god and yet in our heart functionally we allow other things to become godlike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. We, we allow it can be any number of things. It can be our own comfort. It can be praise. It can be lust. It can be any number of things to become actually the God that we serve and we think will deliver us out of our pain and out of our discomfort and will save us. So I think I think from mm-hmm. a counseling perspective it's good to continue to come back to there really is only one God, only one person, living and active person, who deserves to sit on that throne. Mm. We're really good at finding placebos to try to fill that hole that's in us that maybe y'all can help me here. I forget who said it exactly, but that we all have a God-shaped hole in us that mm. only God can truly fill. Augustine. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, Augustine saying that we're really good at, Finding all sorts of things to try to fill that hole, but but none of them can truly satisfy except God alone. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Thee. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I think that provides us with a good stopping point for today. But to our listeners, please tune back in next time. We'll be discussing Chapter Two some more of the doctrine of God. For now, this is Josh Fleming signing off for two other Joshes and Mark. God bless. Mm-hmm.